learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That is a sincere prayer from my heart to God. I don't want to turn away from his word. Thank you, Lord. I've been on a series um, that we've been sharing here about the hidden kingdom of God. It's a kingdom within a kingdom, within a kingdom in the earth. And here in the United States, there is the kingdom of the United States, but also there is the kingdom of God in the United States. And there are members of the kingdom. And God is the king, and we are the kings, according to the scriptures. King of kings. He has made us kings and priests. So Jesus is not the king of kings of the world, but king of kings, children of God. Because God has made us kings and priests. But let me say, my message this morning is dealing with the laws of the kingdom. No kingdom will survive without laws. There is no kingdom that is going to survive if you don't have rules. You don't really enjoy a game if they say just play the game without no rules. It's not a game. There's got to be rules. There's got to be boundaries. If there are no boundaries, you don't enjoy life. That's the way it is. No kingdom will survive without laws. And the reason why the United States is a great nation, and it says it's a, it's a law, I mean a nation of laws. People keep the laws. And if people refuse to keep the laws, we'll have chaos. Or chaos. That's my accent. <laughs> but... That's the way it is. There's got to be laws. And you know, God envisioned a nation, a kingdom, where there are no lawbreakers. A kingdom where there are no lawbreakers. No one breaks the rule. Everyone keeps the law. There is, there are no, there's no oppression. Everything is working well. Everyone is prosperous. Everyone is free. Because there is no, no one is hurt. That's the kingdom God envisioned. Say it with me. I am a child of God. I am not a lawbreaker. I am not a lawbreaker. If you are a child of God, you don't break the law. We're not talking about the laws of the United States. Because God has envisioned a kingdom where there are no lawbreakers. But he is aware there is sin in the world. Man cannot be free from breaking laws because of sin. There is sin in the world. So God had to do something about it. Now in Romans... Uh, chapter 8 is a beginning for verse 3. He says, What the law could not do, that's the commandment, it couldn't help us. God gave the commandment, if you read in Romans very well, God gave the commandments to assist us, but He won't help us because of sin inside of us. Sin, the nature of sin, that's the problem. It's not the law, it's the nature of sin. We don't get rid of the law. You can't go out because you're a Christian. I'm now a child of God. I can go out and kill. They'll lock you up. 
we have to keep the law. But the, the, the power to keep the law wasn't there for us because of the nature of sin. So the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, what the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he condemned sin in the flesh. God condemned sin in the flesh. If you allow God to condemn sin in your flesh, then God takes over and your life is transformed. It's called born again. Your life is transformed. And then you receive the power to serve God. And then you become a member of the kingdom of God. And then you're no longer a lawbreaker. Because the, war, the lawgiver lives inside of you. How can you break your own law when the lawgiver is living inside of you? You get the kingdom inside of you. So that's why the scripture tells us, for by grace, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith. You have to believe. For by grace are you saved through faith. And it says, through faith. And that note of yourself, it is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. Salvation is a gift. What is salvation? That's God condemning sin in the flesh. That's salvation. God condemns sin in the flesh. So you don't have to be the same person anymore. Because something inside of you has changed. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. God recreated you. You still look the same, fat or skinny, tall or short. You still look the same. But in God's mind, you are a new person. And you have to believe it. He says, by faith. It's by faith. He did it for us. God gave His Son and He paid the price for us so that we can be free and live above the commandments. That's the way it is. So Romans chapter 10 verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness. He is the end of the law for righteousness. You see, when Christ comes into you, you are righteous and you don't bother about the law anymore. The plane that flies doesn't bother about gravity. Hello? The plane, as long as the engine is functioning, and, and that engine is Jesus inside of you, as long as that engine is functioning, the plane is not coming down. And you got the engine inside of you. When Jesus came into your life, the engine got inside of you. Now you are free to fly. Wherever you want to go, as far as you want to go. That's what it is. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Righteousness is right living. Christ makes it possible for right living. For righteousness to everyone who believes. 
Because it's all by faith. You believe in God and accepting Him, thanking Him for it, and walking says, I'm a new individual, I'm a new man. I'm, a new, I'm new in Christ. If any man is in Christ, and Satan says, no, you are that old fellow, you say to him, it is written. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now look, Satan, you're looking at a new creation. And I can't fly. That's what this is all about. So God is having his way. <laughs> a new kingdom with no lawbreakers. They are living for God. They are no lawbreakers. And so he's only giving us, that's why God gave us a new commandment. A new commandment. A new law for the kingdom. And, and he tells us very clear, it says a new commandment, John chapter 13, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. <coughs> Excuse me. That's the only commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Love one another the way I love you. And I'm thinking, Peter's sitting there listening. Don't understand that. The love of God. Because God is love. That's who He is. He can't stop Himself from loving. You can't do anything to make God not love you. He still loves you. He may not like what you're doing and despise what you're doing, but He still loves you. Why? That's who He is. He can't change Himself. He is love. And now, He is telling you, to love as he loves. In the same quality of love. Love your brother. That's kind of tough to do. Yes. God, you want me to love him? Have you forgotten what he did to me? How can I love him? He's done or she's done that's the way we are. It's inside. It's in the law is to love. But you are a believer. You are not a lawbreaker. Amen? So you can love. But you know, God had another trick. You want to find out his trick? Now listen. John, John I mean, Romans 5 verse 5. He says, he tells us this. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love, what kind of love? God's love has been what? Poured out. God's love has been poured out into your heart. He said, well, I don't feel it. It doesn't matter what you feel. We're not talking about what you feel. It's what God has already done. I have the love of God poured out into my life. I can love like God loves. Well, even if I'm not there, I'm still trying. You remember 
is the law, end of the law for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. End of the law for righteousness. For those who believe. So if you believe and you hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be able to love like God loves, He'll give it to you. But if you don't want it, He'll leave you alone. To continue to hate until hatred eats you up. But you have the privilege to love. Everyone. Even those that have offended you. You can love them. You can forgive them. You can, le- you can lift them up and wish them good. Why? You have the love of God in you. You are not a lawbreaker. You have the power. God has poured it into your heart. If that's not true, that scripture is a lie. That's the word of God. He has poured out His love into our heart by the Spirit He has given to us. Now, Ezekiel 36, He says, A new heart will I give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. I'm going to take that stony heart out of your flesh, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And then He says, I will put my spirit within you, and cause you, and I will make you, cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgment and do them. That's what the scripture says. Ezekiel 36, 25, 27, all the way down there. He's there. He's in the scriptures. And if God says it, let God be true and every man a liar. Doesn't matter how you feel. If you accept it, it will work for you. Because God's word cannot return to him void. If you believe the word, it transforms your life. You may not be aware that you are being transformed and God's changing you, God's healing you, God's rearranging your life. You may not be aware, just like Peter wasn't aware. He said, Jesus, I want you to just give me a a bath. Just all through Jesus said, no, you're already clean. You are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. And many of you have been cleaned this morning, cleansed this morning, because you're hearing the word of God. And if you receive the word, God changes your life. God's word will never return to him void. Never. It will always be accomplished. See, I am aware of that. So every time I see a negative scripture, I go beg God. You see, God, I know that some people are going to go to hell. Could you make it so I don't be the number of those guys? I can't be with them. I don't want to be with them. I beg him for it. And if he says, there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. I I say, God, you know, I'm not as smart as the other guys. So please, I don't want to be among those uh, that's going to be a part of that great falling away. I just don't want to be. I want to see him face to face. And I know he has grace. That's why he said in this word, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You reject it, it won't be there for you. Draw near to God and he draws near to you. Anyone can draw near to God. God's inviting you. You want to hear his voice? Draw near to him. Be deliberate about it. Don't get too religious. You don't have to do this to to talk to God. Just in your mind, begin to walk towards him. And then you'll see that feeling. Come, the feeling will begin to come. And you want to know more. And that hunger gets really strong. The point you wake up at night and you cry, Oh God, but don't know what else to say. 
And God completes it for you. Amen. And he pulls you closer to himself. And before you know, you love God. And you're telling him you love him. It's by grace. Only through grace. Why? Because he loves us. And doesn't want anything evil to come upon our lives. He wants the best for every one of us. You you can't show me one father that wants something bad for his child. And God loves us that way. God has empowered us to live a life for him. We can keep his commandments. We can keep his way. It says this this way in Galatians chapter 5 verse 14. Love does does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Can you, would people indict you for love? Yeah. So they say, how is it that you're so full of love? Why do you love people so much? What's the matter? Amen. To a place of work. Why are you treating him bad? He curses you all the time. Would they indict you for love? That's the Christian. By this shall men know that you are my disciple. When they see the love. When they see the love. Is the law of God working for you? The law, because the Bible says, I will put my law in your heart. In your heart to work for them. So you are the light. The law of God. Love does no harm. So, when you're doing harm, you are aware of it. When you're hurting the other fellow, you're aware of it. You can change course if you want to. He takes humbling yourself before God and saying, God, I know it feels bad. I know I'm hurting because, but I don't want to go that way. I want to still love like Jesus. See, love is the greatest force. The world is because of love. That's true. God is love. The world was created by love. God is love. That's what I mean. The world is because of love. And when Satan came, hate came into the world. And you can see it in the first two children on earth. Cain and Abel. Hate. For no reason. But Jesus has come to restore God's original intent. Love one another. Love one another. I like it. I like uh, for for it to be still said of me, because when I was newly saved, I know in America when we get saved, everybody says, "Well, wonderful, you got saved, and uh, good for you." That's the kind of words I heard. Uh, in, in when I was saved, it wasn't good for me. The people didn't like it. 
My, my family, most of them didn't like it at all. It was really hard for me. At the stage, I was saying, God, this starvation thing, this is, is serious business. Because I got arrested. <coughs> it was my mom. You were arrested. For what? Well, in America, they have to tell you why. In my country, they don't tell you why. <laughs> You're going, whether you like it or not. Whether you've done anything wrong, doesn't matter. You're arrested. And I'm taken to the, bo- the police station. For nothing. Because I received Christ. And then you got young men waiting for me in dark alleys. And they say, you take our, ch- you take our sisters to church. And they will like, take too many people to church. Which one? And I'm, it's just in the dark. In part, you know, it's jungle, right? Going through the path. Those of us from that place, you know, we, we take shortcuts, right? To get home. And it's in the jungle. And they waited for me in the jungle. And, 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 and I remember young men waiting for me. And they said, well, you can't take our children, our, our sister and our brothers to church. And they said, uh, which one are you talking? I take many of these young ones in, to church. And they said, well, this, this, this. And inside of me, and I'm saying, God, you know, before I got saved, I wouldn't tolerate this kind of thing. <laughs> I'll get my friends and we'll take them out. <laughs> this Christianity thing is something else. <laughs> and I didn't get uh, the fire of uh, James and John. I'll call fire them from heaven and burn them all up. But the funny thing is, my brothers, because I had to separate, we lived, I mean, I was living like no tomorrow, party constant. And I stopped all of that, but still lived with my brothers. So I had to move, go somewhere else to live. And my friends, I lost all my friends. They were all gone. Because you, anything that moved, I, I spoke to it about God. <laughs> and what I had done, you want to hear my story? I read in the scripture, I believe that was uh, John 10 verse 32. Everyone that confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father in heaven. And I thought to myself... This is a good thing. My name is going to be mentioned in heaven every day. So once you come around, I'm talking to you about Jesus. So my name is mentioned in heaven. I mean, I'm telling you. And irritated most of us who didn't like it. And so my brothers, they said, after a while, they said, that's where I'm going. They said, I said, why are you guys troubling me so much? So much persecution. Why? And they said, Something is wrong with you. You love your church people more than you love us. That's, they told me that. You stay with your church people, you're always with them. We can tell you love your church brothers and sisters. At that time, I was telling them, no, you're wrong. But I love my Christian brothers. And they were able to see that. It wasn't me. I love to be with them. They talk just like me. We have the same language. The same culture. We talk about culture. The same culture. Christian culture. Love culture. We ate our food together. They saw me with all kinds of people. And my family didn't like it. I can't go into all of that. Why they didn't? But they didn't like it. 
They see you, you with street people. How come you walk around with street people and all of that and they're your friends? It really angered them. Let me say this just a little bit. My father was well known in the country at that time. So, so I can put that out. So for them to see me with street people, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. But that's what Jesus called us to do. To love one another regardless of status. That's fulfilling the commandment. That's fulfilling the commandment. That's living for God. And because of his grace, he's kept me till this very day. And he can keep you if you put your, hand, your life in his hand. He's able to. I begged God, please, I don't want any other thing in this world. I want to see you when it's all over. I like to see your smile. I read about it, but I really want to see it. Amen. I really want to see it. Christians don't break the law. We're not lawbreakers. We are created to establish the law. What is it? Uphold the law. The commandments, everything that God has said. I know, for by grace are we saved through faith. And we talk about grace, that's good. But you see, God wants standards for the world to see. And he's empowered us to live above the law. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the son, God sent his own son. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That's the way it is. The law couldn't help us. But we can live for God. Listen to this. In Romans chapter 3, verse 31, he says, Do we then make void the law through faith? Say, we are not going to keep the law anymore. He says, certainly not. The law is still there. We just fly above it. Amen. It's still there. God, he says, no, certainly not. On the contrary... We what? We establish the law. In other words, we uphold the law. We make it known so people know this is the way to live. That's what the scripture is saying. Now, today is frightening. I know the end is near. Because just like the scripture says, in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. Perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. Lawbreakers. And all of that's happening. And God says, everyone who does this type of thing will not inherit the kingdom of God because you have the power to obey the law and you chose not to. You chose not to. Every Christian can follow God. When I sin, I chose to sin. That's the truth. As a Christian, I'm free. Everything that I used to do, the immorality in my life and everything, they all dropped after I received Christ. I don't know how it happened. I was really scared. Can I really follow God with the way I'm living? What if I go back? I was worried. It concerned me. But what I didn't know was that when you receive Christ, there is a power from the heaven that gets into your life that breaks the power of sin. You don't want to go there anymore. You're free. You don't want to go there anymore. In those days, I had my bell-bottom pants. 
the young people will understand that. And platform shoes. Amen. I walk with my bell-bottom pants and with this big fro. I don't have anything more. I'm still begging God for the fro. You know, big ones. I was cool. I'm telling you. And in church, and in church, the Christians decided they were going to go the other way, and their pants were so skinny, just like this. The the the, the unbelievers call it pencil pants. <laughs> and I went to church with my bell bottom pants. I looked around; everybody had pencil pants except me, and I felt like a sinner. So I went back home and I caught my my. <laughs> To my pencil pants. Then I went back to to school, my high school, to teach. And the student said, "What's the matter with you? Why do you have pencil pants?" <laughs> culture change, amen. A culture change. I got to be like my brothers. I have to be like my brothers. When they went to pick Jesus. The, the, the soldiers couldn't recognize he looked like the rest of them. Even though he was the son of God, he looked just like Peter James. The soldier says, we're going to miss him. We don't want to miss him. We need you to help us. Judas, help us identify who he is because we can tell the difference. That's the way the church is supposed to be. All of us one in God. Amen? We establish the law. By what we do. Today people talk about grace and grace. This grace is great. Grace is beautiful. But you know, now I, I understood what you read in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came that the law might be fulfilled. And then he says, anyone who breaks one of these little laws in the, in the, in the Old Testament... And you teach people so you will be called least in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. If you decide, well, I'm going to continue to do this. But you know it's wrong. God knows it's wrong. And please don't tell anybody that's the way to do it. But you, when he's saying, Jesus said, you will be least. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments. So the commandments, with, with, we establish them. We uphold them because we have the spirit of the law inside of us. We don't live by them. We live above them. Because God has empowered us by his spirit to live above them. And they can tell we're different. We live above them. We don't struggle to. He was given to us by grace. So whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of God of heaven. But whoever teaches them, whoever does them and teaches them, he will be called great. I don't want to be least. I know people talk about, I just want to get to heaven if I can just slide through the door. <laughs> I don't want to be a slider. <laughs> I want to be in. I want to be in. What you want is what God's going to give to you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I see the desire in James and John. They, they, for some reason, they, they got this understanding. When heaven, 
when Jesus is fully revealed to the, to the universe, <coughs> excuse me, there's going to be somebody, a human being, sitting right at the side, the right hand of God. And the other person. And James and John, they said, we want those positions. And guess what? The others understood. They were mad. They won't talk to them for that. <laughs> you, you want to beat us to that seat? They were not happy about it. They lived for nothing else but to be right there. That was the impo- most important thing for them. They wanted to be. And when Jesus said, are you able to drink the cup? They said, yes. They, th- they meant business. How they got to know that that was going to happen, I don't know. But I thank God for these guys. That's what we want for our lives. It's so important. Look. What the grace of God teaches. Titus 2 verse 11. For the grace of God that brings what? Salvation has appeared to all men. If this were not true, then God's not telling us the truth. This grace has appeared to all men. And what is the grace speaking? What is it saying? Teaching us that denying ungodliness, ungodliness, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live what? Soberly, righteously, godly, when? In this present time. We should. That's the grace of God. Today I hear Christians and things that we should be really afraid of. Because God is a consuming fire. According to the scriptures, you can't be engaged in things that if Jesus returns today, he will be really difficult for you to stand in his presence. Because you didn't even have a chance to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. Because the Bible says, it's like a thief in the night. I have to let people know I'm conscious of this. Jesus can come at The Bible says, he will come when you are not expecting him. He may come right now and he gets you doing something. You have no time to repent. I don't want to get there. God, please give me grace. He teaches us to deny ungodliness. Godliness, that's a big word. What does it mean? People can tell God is central in your life. Yes. Everywhere you go, they can tell when they see you, the few words, after a few minutes with you, they know. And if they don't know, where is godliness? We got to live like that in this world. I'm telling you, when there is godliness, there is protection. There is prosperity. There is peace. Everything. That's why God said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that the world wants will be added to you. Some way, somehow, if that's your focus, God will bring it to you. 
It's so important that we learn this. It teaches us to deny. I'm going to close with this. Uh, John chapter 14. This scripture, when every time I read it, uh, is actually the separation of the goat from the sheep. And sometimes and you listen to Jesus or you read when Jesus speaks, it's like he's just so casual about it. He tells you this is going to happen. And leaves it at, at that. And that's just a mighty scripture. When he says many will try, will seek to enter and not be able, that's going to happen. I just don't want to be among those that tried or sought to enter and didn't make it. And so I beg God. And I know that whatever you commit to him, he is able to keep until that day. You commit to God. I'm speaking to everyone here. Commit to God. God, whatever it takes, I want to be among those that's going through that narrow road. Today they're telling you, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want and everybody's going. I don't read that from the lips of Jesus. I don't read that. He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Please don't do that. We don't want just left-hand people coming to church. (laughs) Say, brother, what happened to your hand? Oh, brother, I cut it off last night. Because uh, it's not been good to me. And we don't want just one-eyed people coming to church. Nobody will go to church with people like that. But this is it. John 14 verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself him. The word manifests himself. When you love him, he's there for you. In other words, he will make himself known to you. And sometimes through the word. Read First, first Samuel chapter 3. God made himself known to Samuel by the word of the Lord. He said Samuel didn't know God. He didn't know Samuel, the prophet. God had not revealed himself to him to Samuel, and he revealed himself to Samuel by the word of the Lord. And that's how he became a prophet. When you do this, he manifests himself to you, just like he did with Samuel. He came, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel ran to Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Now speak. And God spoke to him. And God, he says, and God revealed himself to Samuel by the word of the Lord. And from then on, Samuel became the great prophet. He will manifest himself to you when you love him and you keep his commandments. But if you don't love him, you don't feel him, you don't see him, he doesn't make sense to you. Those going to church, they're crazy. Stupid. Everything you want to call them, that's the way you think. But they know something that you don't know. Because God reveals himself to those. 
He said, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? That's what we want. Show yourself to the world so everybody's saved. Jesus says, God doesn't do it that way. The individual. The individual. Only to those who love him. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So if you're not keeping his word, it's a clear sign you don't love him. You may claim you love him, but he knows better. He knows better. When you don't keep his word, there is no love. I know this is not very popular, but believe me, we're talking about heaven and hell. Knowing God and not knowing him. This is what, this is what church is all about. Jesus can come any day. And he can make things well for us. Sometimes we go places, we do things that open the door for Satan to come into our lives and torment us and harass our families. We open the door through sin. And so God wants us. Here we get the torment from the enemy. Not God, he's not going to, he still loves you. But you, by your action, not loving him, then means you love Satan. That's what it is. You can't serve two masters, no? You can't. You either love one and despise you. That's just the way it is. When you don't show your love for God, Satan knows and claims you, you love me. And Satan's love is hate and destruction. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And I will come to him. And, and we will come to him. Notice, not just him. We will come to him and what? Make our home with him. You want God's address to be your address? <laughs> I want to, where does, where, show me where God lives. Come, brother, come, let me show you. And I take you to my home. Amen? He said, I will come and make my home with you. So in my family, guess who the real father is? Him. He owns our home. I acknowledge him. But I can claim that, but if I'm not doing his work, he knows he's not welcome. You do what he says. Now notice what he says. He who does not love me. This is the hard part. He who does not love me. Does not keep my word. It's just casual. You're not keeping. That's clear sign you don't love me. And I don't want to be in that group. I want to be in the group. That want to keep his word. God multiply your grace. If you look at scriptures. Paul was always praying. That God, the peace of God and the grace of God be multiplied to the believers. Peace, grace be multiplied. Go out and love your neighbor. According to the scriptures. You know how you love your neighbor? According to the scriptures? Go make them. I know this is kind of strange, but go make some neighbors. That's true love. 
You remember that parable Jesus gave to us? Of the good Samaritan? Somebody asked, who is my neighbor? Because Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, this guy got wounded. He was out there and the pastor came by. Oh, first of all, the Pope came by. And he says, I don't want to bother with this. He went the other way. And, and the bishop came by. And he says, I don't want to bother with this. But the Samaritan came and he took care of him. And Jesus said, who among these three? Uh, you know, the neighbor of this, of this man. Jesus said, the man said, well, the one who took care of him. So, how a Samaritan and a Jew, they don't mix. But he made a neighbor. Right? So, for believers, go out and make neighbors you can love. Can I hear an amen? You guys are too serious. But let me see. Go out and make neighbors you can love. Reach out to them and love them. And they'll love you in return. And they'll learn from you. And receive what you have into their lives. And that way, we spread the culture of heaven around the earth. Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Lord God. You know, the Lord God is with us here today. And every one of you is truly loved by God. And he cares deeply for you. I will challenge you today based on his love for you. His son gave his life. Love him back in return. You see, Jesus came to the world to make a neighbor for himself. He gave his life for us. He showed us love. We can return that. If you're here this morning and you have not truly committed to Christ, He wants you. With all heads bowed, if you're here and you want to commit everything to Christ so that He will commit to you. Today, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want you in my life to take full control. Or maybe you know Him, but you haven't been walking with Him. But you want to make a true commitment to Him and you say, Jesus, I need you today in my life. I want you to be the number one person in my life. If that's you, all you have to do is raise your hand up, put it right down. Jesus will see it. And from this very day, I guarantee you, he will start walking with you just by your obedience. I see that hand. Put your hand up. That's you. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a blessing for us to commit to God. Stand up with me, everyone here. My prayer for you is that let God of the God of heaven be good to you. And He will. He will. May the God of heaven be good to you. Say this prayer with me, every one of us, as we commit our lives into God's hand. And mean it from the heart. Even if you didn't raise your hand.
Sometimes people are afraid. I don't want people to see me. That's insignificant. But if you can say it from the heart that you want God in your life, He'll take you up. I don't know if I can remember if I put my hand up, but I wanted Jesus and He changed my life. Pray this prayer with me and truly mean it in your heart. And God will hear from heaven. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, into the world to be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart, into my life. Jesus, I ask that you be the Lord of my life. Heavenly Father, forgive me of every sin that I've committed against you and against my fellow man. Forgive me, cleanse me, and receive me as your child. Thank you, Lord, for writing my name today in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you put your hands together for those who prayed?